Hi everyone, I'm Summer. I'm Carrie. And this is Hopoxia Podcast. Join us to talk about sex, drugs, and self-improvement. I don't know. Technology is not my friend right now. I don't know. Nothing is my friend right now. I'm tired. I, <laughs> so I guess we're just here for to do a, a life update and accountability update, right? Hey, you mentioned a working out. How is it going, going to the gym? Um, I am currently going three times a week. Um, I was gonna, I was going four, um, but then I got sick and now I'm trying to build back up to it. Um, but I went three days last week and I started, um, it's called a transformation challenge, um, with orange theory and it's like a body fat loss challenge. Like they put you on like the scale thing that tells you like your body fat percentage and like your muscle percentage and all that kind of stuff mm-hmm. so that's exciting and traumatizing a little and bit traumatizing right but uh, yeah. so i'm sorry my brain is like not working today um so is that helping your stress levels yeah, sorry, my phone keeps shaking. I um, see that, like, it's, I'm, I'm watching you do this. <laughs> like, I'm trying to be, like, subtle about it, but there's, like, no way to be subtle about it. It's fine. Um, We're just going to acknowledge all the things. <laughs> it's this, you know, sometimes life is messy like this episode, and that's okay. I, you know, and it's okay to be messy. That's just the way life is. I'm pretty sure it's my middle name right now. Uh, just Carrie Messy. Carrie Messy. Uh, so. I mean, we can do a legal change if you'd like. I know how to do the paperwork. I might have to, just so I can start explaining it to people. Right. Why I'm the way I am. Yeah, it's been helping a lot with, like, the stress. It gives me something to, like, just going to let the camera wobble. gives me something to, like, focus wobble, on. Wobble, wobble, <laughs> Every time I laugh. Um... <laughs> <laughs> I'm not high. I'm not high enough for this. I'm um, not high at all. This is just who I am as a person. <laughs> um, yeah, it gives me something to look forward to every week um, and something to like focus on because sometimes it's the only thing that gets me through the week. Uh, so that's nice. Like everybody there is super friendly and like helpful and um, really encouraging. Um, so that's super, super nice for me. That's good. No, I need something. I need something to help me get through the week. Cause at this point, I'm not sure how I'm getting through any fucking day. Dude, I don't know how you are either. Like, oh my God. I don't even know where to start. Okay. First of all, let's start here. Okay. So when I was born, my legs. <laughs> This is where we're starting. We're going all the way back. A long, long time ago when dinosaurs roamed the earth. Um, so when I was born, my legs were twisted, right? And they had to be splinted. But then, and I, I've always asked, uh, you know, okay, but what was wrong with them, right? Because it didn't seem to be a bone problem. Splinting them seemed to fix it, right? So it wasn't, it wasn't a bone problem. It wasn't, you know, a muscular issue. So apparently now I am gathering and understanding that apparently it was like my ligaments weren't holding my joints where they're supposed to be. And my parents 
And I remember as a kid, like when I played sports and you had to do the physical for sports and stuff, I remember the doctor telling them like, okay, she's going to need extra support. Like, so we always had like, you know, the knee braces and the ankle, you know, all this shit, all this shit. But like, they never told me like that this was an issue I had. This was always just said, like, this is something everybody's joints do. Like, I genuinely did not know that other people don't go through this shit. Okay. And like, they would make jokes about my hypermobile joints and my translucent skin. But like, I did not know that that was like legitimately indicators of some concerning things that can seriously fuck with your life. Yeah. And so I've been trying to deal with this knee that some days won't even let me walk for several years. They never said a word. Now, mind you, that story about my twisted legs was only ever told when I was a kid. It was only ever told to people as a way of them explaining how I was just so much work when I was a baby and (laughs) how high maintenance I was. So, like, it shouldn't surprise me, but I'm like, wouldn't that be something you should have a fucking conversation with your kid about? And maybe yeah. they, and maybe they thought, and like I will give them the benefit of that of the doubt that maybe they thought because I hadn't had any significant problems for a long time that it wasn't a big deal. In any event, my knee's been doing this shit to me for a few years now. Finally, learned how to navigate it, and now my wrist has decided to start doing it too. So now I can't hardly carry things. It's like I literally went to sleep fine and I woke up and my wrist was swollen and out of place. And yeah, I'm like, what the hell was happening while I was asleep? <laughs> I don't know. I went on an adventure. <laughs> I, I don't know. Like literally my knee happened while I was walking upstairs. So stairs are evil. Stay away from them. They will um, end you. <laughs> That's fair. That's so fair. anyway, so physically not, not, not doing great here. But, uh, yeah, mentally, oh boy. So, you know, we've talked about my, my psychopathic child. So part of the safety um, plan that has been created with the help of multiple, um, practitioners who have treated her is she has a studio that's her room it's you know one little studio cabin that's her room and she does not come in the main house because it's literally impossible to keep everything that is potentially dangerous locked up away from kids especially as they get to this age so the solution is she has you know her stuff out there and then anyways So she breaks into my house on a semi-regular basis. Um, so I still like have been like, I have a whole bag of stuff that she normally breaks in to come after. Cause a lot of it is she steals devices. She tries to, and so she steals things to power those devices and use those devices. She will steal them from anywhere, anyone. Um, it's literally why I can't take her anywhere. She is stolen from friends. She's stolen from family. She will steal from stores. I can't take her anywhere. Um, or we end up with police involvement. Last time I took her to the public library, the cops were called. It was the whole thing, right? So I take all of that stuff with me anytime I leave the house. Um, 
so none of that was there because what she does is she gets on and she talks to on the internet she talks to predatory adults she has stolen my dad's debit card my mom's credit card my debit card she because she gives all this information to this predatory adult that she talks to in a different state um you know it's a whole thing so she doesn't have any devices anymore but i don't really know what she was doing in my house i've noticed a few things that are missing now Hold so anyhow she broke in my house by pushing last time by pushing the air conditioner in in through the the window unit air conditioner and um this time so that has been removed um so this time the stovepipe is temporarily run through a window so this time she pushed that in and she so she damaged a lot of things she damaged the window she she has broken the drying rack that we use for laundry uh, my son had to one of my older sons had to come help me actually reinstall the thing um the stove pipe last night so that we didn't freeze to death uh it could have a fire because it was cold um so i spent all day trying to track down supplies to be able to run this thing through the wall um which was not something not a project i was ready to do um this seems to be the pattern is that i have all these projects that i need to do in order to get my house to where it's you know an actual house <laughs> um but every time i get in the middle of them she destroys things um or she steals things that are needed or whatever and so then i have to pay for all of that stuff and so i'm like perpetually overdrawn i have not caught up financially since the last time she was inpatient which was what like august um so, something like, something august like that November. yeah so um it's just really hard and they're like I don't know what to do there's there there are no options um but she's getting more I don't know so anyhow I've got to do some more so all a lot of the things that I wanted to do are all being having to be put off because I have to add more security like I've already had to install a security bar on the door and padlocks on the doors and, and all of this. And now I've got to start um, basically barring every window in the house. And it is a house that was built for a lot of ventilation. So I didn't have, so I don't have to run an air conditioner so that there's a lot of windows, like the majority of the wall is windows. So I've got to go expend money to go do that because I mean, could you plant a bunch of like cactuses under the windows? I mean, but if you get something right, they would have to be tall, right? And that takes a long time um, because if she gets something to climb on, then she's just going to be climbing over them, right? Or putting them on there. Um, yeah, and there's a lot of stuff that like, I, I had stuff planned to plant under there. Like I had raspberry bushes and blueberry bushes and I had them potted in the house to set out in spring. She broke every one of them. Every one of them is gone now. Um, yesterday. Um, so can't do that. Um, but I mean, but that also means because of her history of trying to poison me, any food that was already open, anything like that, has to be thrown out because there's no way for me to know if it's safe yeah 
So it's interesting being both prisoner and warden at the same time. I don't think interesting is the correct word. I don't know but... that English has the correct word. So <laughs> this is the one I'm going with because it's it's yeah. just a constant what the fuck. Because you're like, what do you do? Nothing works. No amount, you know, the cop told me to physically assault her, the last police officer we dealt with. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, so that's not really going to do anything other than get you called out here to arrest me. Like, I don't see how that's really going to be productive. But thank you for your advice, sir. I mean. Is Vinny just enough with two kids that have to go somewhere? And then she's going to be someone else's problem. And then they're going to, she... <laughs> It's going to be traumatizing for everybody to be put right. in the system again or for the first time or whatever. Like, yeah. So, so yeah. So I don't know. It's, it's interesting. So far there hasn't been any, there's not any physical, in case anybody's worried, there's no physical threat to my other child at the moment. So that's not really a concern. But still frustrating and yeah. and I don't know what else to do because, you know, I still am trying, I would like to keep her out of jail um, so that maybe she can do something productive with her life. I don't know. Yeah. But there's literally nothing you can do with them until they turn 16. Like all of the programs, all of the academies nobody will take them until they're 16 which apparently is a federal funding thing because that's the target 15 to 16 to 24 or something is the target age group that's weird i wonder why who knows it was probably arbitrary um probably because you can't get give a lot of like the stronger medications to like younger kids so i wonder if maybe like that was it or like if they just like age of consent or something probably that because these aren't aren't like treatment facilities no treatment facility will take her like we've i've talked she's been inpatient um three three stents inpatient for facilities involved um one was just like a respite like a one-week respite program um while we tried to get her placed in another in a facility and basically they all say the same thing they don't they're not there to to treat psychopathy they're not going to um, if she is a threat to herself then they will admit her for acute care but a threat to others is not their problem and unless and that medicaid will not pay for that sort of treatment and so unless i can private pay they're not going to keep her so basically the rich have access to um to care and nobody else does because that's the American way. Of course it is. So, and I, I mean, honestly, and we, you know, I've gone through looking at the, you know, the troubled teen industry and all this nonsense, because that's literally the only option that's being presented to me now is like wilderness therapy. And I mean, it's not really, none of them seem to actually be therapy, but. Yeah, it's just like hard like summer camp and terrifying i mean the as far as the wilderness thing goes like she has experience with wilderness camping so that part actually won't be it will probably be like summer camp to her um 
doesn't help. Right. It's not going to help. So like, that's why it's being recommended to us is just a, a way to have her out of the house to have some safety and um, peace for a minute. But, but I mean, in any institution, there's also genuine abuses do happen. Yeah. And with you, when you have a kid who pathologically lies about everything, I have no way to know if she says everything's good, that everything really is good, or if she says that something's happened, if that's true either, because she has a history of making false allegations against people. Um, so it's just like a giant question mark. I, it hurts my brain to like, think about all this so I can't even imagine like what it is to experience it like I I don't have like any words <laughs> I don't think there are any like there's just nothing yeah. there's nothing to say or, or do I mean we got we were lucky I guess in one way because her um, foster care involvement did you know, lead to her having early intervention. I mean, we, you know, it was assumed to be rad at that time because of the history, but so, you know, the protocols are essentially the same at those, at those stages. So, I mean, I guess in one way she's fortunate because she got that. So it's, we're not in, in as bad of situation as we could be or would otherwise be, but it, it still ain't great. Treating Rad alone is hard enough. Like, I've worked with kids that had Rad and like teenagers, and it's miserable. Like trying to work that kind of treatment plan, and I, I can only imagine like working with someone that's a psychopath would be like a hundred levels higher, <laughs> or, like acuity. <laughs> It's, I don't know. I, I, I'm at a loss. I don't even know what to do, honestly. I'm just literally just trying, trying, trying to get through it. But when know. she turns 16, like you have a plan though. Right? Yeah. When she turns 16, I can, she wants to go to job core. So if she hasn't done anything really terrible like you know that did result in criminal charges because they won't deal with that there um you, you know if she does that they won't accept her um so we can get her accepted if if she can't get accepted to job corps there are other like the the academies right like thunderbird academy and things like that which are like baby boot camp um those are options that's really you say, it. like the criminal charges would that include like a misdemeanors too i don't like... know they're not very clear on that right like they're really vague in their description and when they talk to you about it they're really they're really vague so i think a lot of it probably is at some of the discretion of the admitting yeah. 
person. I don't know what their title is, but um, so I, I feel think like they... stealing would probably be like a no no for them just because, like, yeah, it so is. Hard. And if like... you do it there, and if you do it there, they will prosecute you. Yeah. Um, and that's, but she's in luck on that because they've, I mean, they, they've, the police have really refused to take, um, out of the three police involvement situations, they only took a report one time. They refused to take reports over the theft of the cards and all of that, because we really needed a police report in order to get the money replaced on dad's debit card and they wouldn't take i mean nobody would ever take the police report um we had to like all the money she had saved went to him to try to pay back some of it but it didn't cover everything um so you know the basically their position is as long as it's as long as the victims are all family this is a family problem and it's my responsibility to deal with it. But he did tell me, he's like, but don't worry. When she finally does manage to kill you, then we'll prosecute her. Yeah. She thinks. I know. I'm like, oh, thank you. That's so reassuring. <laughs> um, <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, so that was, which it really reminded me of, you know, because that's the way domestic violence w- used to be between partners, right? If yeah. You know, if a woman was being abused by her male partner, it was literally considered a, it was just a family matter and you didn't do anything. And we had to have special laws enacted in order to change that and force um, authorities to actually do something about those situations. But when the violence is perpetrated by the children, it's not really it's not considered serious at the same level and i and there's no public will to change that and i i think part of it is people is ultimately most people think if a kid behaves in this way it is some it's the parents fault and so we deserve whatever we're getting on some level um and i Right. And I do understand that the idea of psychopaths being born this way is terrifying to people because it means there's nothing we can do to stop it. Right. And so we would rather, you know, there's that human um, tendency to, okay, we're just going to pretend it doesn't exist and that it's not happening this way. And that makes us feel better, even though it's not reality. Right. So I think that's a lot of what's happening because it's not even just an American problem. I've been talking to families from all over the world that have the same problem, even in countries with very developed uh, medical and mental health systems. They still don't have systems to provide safety or support for parents with psychopathic children. So I think there's just a very human thing that's happening if we want to pretend like this isn't really what it is yeah which i like i wonder how much of it is like the desensitate desensitization that's a hard word for me to say today (laughs) like a lot of like true crime and like murder like all of that because like 
people are so comfortable with it, like, with the adults, but, like, when it's, like, a child's case that happens, like, I was listening to a podcast the other day, and they talked about these two teen girls that, like, murdered their mother, and they were, like, well, the mom, like, had to, like, have done something, and blah, 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 and everybody was just, like, chill about it, like, the two daughters got sentenced to, like, prison, but everybody just, like, I never like, heard about it. I only ever hear about, like, the adults, so I wonder, like, does that make sense? I, and make I, sense? I, I think that, I think that it is related to that, but I think in a lot of ways, it's not necessarily desensitization. I think that there has been so much um, sensationalization of those very horrific um yeah crimes and very you know those particular cases which are not the majority of um psychopaths or sociopaths depending on which you know that particular person is um but so there's this idea in people's minds that that all psychopaths are this way which makes that super scary to realize fully one percent of people who are born are going to be born with psychopathy, right? Yeah. And then it's an additional, the estimates are anywhere between three to 5% um, develop sociopathy, which similar, similar traits and behaviors, but caused by um, their environment. Um, so I think because we do have like, you know, this, feature of all of the worst case scenarios that it does trigger that that fear and so then we want to put the blinders on and pretend you know that it doesn't just happen that way so oh no it has to be something um which incidentally that the series recently about Dahmer I felt I ended up I did end up watching it I wasn't sure if I was going to, but I did end up watching it. And that was one part I was very disappointed in. They led right up to it, like where he was having a conversation with the psychiatrist and they were, and even mentions the, um, the sexual deviance. Like, and he was saying like, I think I was born this way. Like they will, they had the opening, the intro to talk about how this happens. And then they cut to something else and just left it there. Yeah. And like you had the opportunity to do something useful with this. And you didn't. So that actually, that made it feel even more exploitative than I had already been hearing yeah. about. Um, because there isn't, like, to the general public, there isn't a lot of public information. Like, we aren't told this stuff. Yeah. It's, it's like a lot and I feel like with a lot of like the new like serial killer like series and movies and things it just kind of makes it worse mm, I do like, think it's going to it. I think I think if they're going to because they make they any anything related to these um 
whether it's a serial killers or, or whatever, I think if they're going to do that, they have an ethical obligation to go into that. This is how this happens. Yeah, I agree. Be- because I wish we they would stop. Like, I feel like this is kind of like a, I, I wouldn't say like a minor thing, but I wish they would stop casting people like, like famous people that the general public public feels like are really like hot and attractive because then it just makes them like sexualize them like the amount of people that have been like sexualizing Jeffrey Dahmer like in the show and then like him as an actual person you're like yeah he's actually kind of cute and like I probably would have like and the, the the very disturbing thing about that is that's not even a new thing when you think about like when you know when Dahmer was on trial in what was that the 90s when um even Ted even Ted Bundy back Mm -hmm. back when that happened like they had genuinely groupies that were really attractive like and so like there's just something very disturbing when you think about that that there are really so many and I mean Charlie Manson was the most popular inmate ever um he had i i the the fetishization of these people is disturbing and i don't quite like i've done some reading about it but i don't i i still haven't been able to wrap my head around what is going on in there that makes that happen like there was a a guy i don't remember what his name was mostly because it's not important because he was garbage but also because I just generally can't remember. Um, I, he was like in college or high school or something. And he was pissed that these girls wouldn't go on dates with him and pissed that he couldn't get laid and like all this other shit. And he wrote a manifesto and went and shot up his school and did like a mass like murder. And there's yeah. still, there's girls and that was like, a few decades like a couple decades ago because he had like social media and stuff but like there's still girls to this day that like sexualize about like sexualize him and make like fan art like of them with him like that's disgusting like he wrote a manifesto about how he couldn't get laid and how he hated women and you want to imagine having sex with him because it's not about him they're fetishizing him and his crimes which may be some sort of um, twisted link to power. I like it makes a lot, me feel I icky. Mean, yeah, <laughs> Cause, cause well, because it is, because it is. Uh, like I like as a member of like the kink community, like there are some things that are like kind of like that, like the fetishes. I can't talk today. It's okay. Fetishization. That one. I can't say it fast. My tongue is not working, but yes. Like there's role play that's like that, but everything is consensual. Everything's planned out and like you have safe words and you know all the things and you know the person and you know everything about it. But like these people are fantasizing about like actual murderers that would legitimately kill you and not just like (laughs) role play. Oh my God, I'm going to choke you. Like, no. That's not what's going to happen. <laughs> no. It freaks me out. <laughs> uh, same. 
Don't forget to like and subscribe to the channel. And to be sure you never miss an upload, make sure you turn your notifications on. And please come join us on social media so we can continue these conversations in between episodes. You'll find us at Hapoxia Podcast on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok.